welcome to Haunted by Proxy. I'm Landon. And I'm Joey. This story is called Biffy the Longwing. First, I should start by telling you some stuff about me, as it will help you understand exactly who and what I am and how it all went so wrong. I started my undergrad three years ago at a nationally ranked university for veterinary science. I won't go into too much detail, but I just want you to know that I am in school to be a vet. I've loved animals ever since I was three years old. I once found a bird outside my house. It was red and yellow. I had never seen anything like it with a cut in its wing. I tried to help it, but being so young and unsure of the world, I accidentally hurt it more by picking it up and moving it into a bin. I thought giving it a bath would make it better. After all, it had always worked for me at that age when I didn't feel well, so I filled the bin up with water. Needless to say, I accidentally drowned the bird. I forgot to take it out of the bin when it was done with its bath on account of I was taking a bath of my own after my mom saw me playing with a bloody bird. Flash forward to now, I am 22 and in grad school for veterinary science after moving through four years of coursework in only three. I am advanced, to say the least. When I'm not in class or studying to be the best vet I can be, I'm at the gym or getting drinks with friends. I am petite, 5 foot 5 and only 105 pounds, after a full night of drinks that is. I am what some would call fit and constantly work on making sure I look good in leggings for my Instagram and TikTok. I mostly have guy friends and at least four of them have tried and failed to date me. I am just too committed to my schoolwork and my fitness to have time for a serious relationship. They all tell me constantly how pretty I am, but I always say my mind is beautiful, not my face. They assure me both are. Point is, you need to picture me as a tiny, helpless, sexy, smart, active, scared, big booty genius. I only tell you this because it will be very important later on. Ambition runs as thick in my family as our voluminous brunette hair. My sister has been traveling the world with Free World, a nonprofit organization that spreads ideas of democracy, liberation, and the powerful message and tenets of institutional organized religion to parts of the world that otherwise would not hear of these powerful concepts. She says it is more than just missionary work, but sometimes it seems like mission impossible. She explains that they often have to sneak in and out of places that don't want them, and also it is nearly impossible to talk to people in foreign countries when you don't speak their language and are trying to promote high-concept ideas like a merciful God creating evil because he was mad at us for not worshipping him enough. As I write this, it seems crazy that I would soon know the impossible feeling of living with evil myself. Anyway, I had just finished my midterm exams and was ready for a week off. I needed a week to recalibrate, work out, and just spend some time on myself. My sister texted me, however, and said she was in town with a, quote, big surprise. I was excited to see her, and to see what she had brought me from her travels. But I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed I couldn't get right to the gym and work off some of the stress weight I had put on. I had gone a full day and a half without doing deep lunges. I was doing myself and my followers a disservice. Now, of course, I wish she never came at all. 
My sister showed up to my apartment, and when I opened the door, I screamed, Hoopa Loopa, dream girl! This was something that we always did, even as kids. It was something that we got from a TV show or movie and just stuck with us up through our adult years. Well, up until now. She didn't scream it with me and in fact looked a little ill. She said she was just jet lagged, which made sense. She looked tired. I let her in and made a spot for her to nap on the couch. She said she didn't need to nap at all, but sure enough, as soon as she rested her head on my new pillow cube, that I got through a TikTok sponsorship just for full transparency, she fell right asleep. As a side sleeper, she was immediately comforted by the right-angled design of the pillow cube. I sat there for a while and waited for her to wake up, but she kept sleeping. I realized I could sneak in a workout while she slept, so I charged up my phone for a bit and then ran out to the gym. Two hours later, when I came back to my apartment, she was still laying on the couch, but she was staring at me. I said, Hoopa Loopa, dream girl, thinking she was awake. It was a little unnerving as she continued to just lay there, still as can be, as if she were asleep, but staring at me. I got a little worried now and went up to her. I had to chuckle. She must have been so tired that she's asleep with her eyes open, I thought to myself. I got up by her face, whispered, Hoopa Loopa, dream girl, and then hit the showers. The rest of the night was a bit of a blur. I was tired too after a week of midterm studying and learning a few new TikTok dances from black content creators and passing them off as my own. I slept almost 10 hours, one more than usual, and when I went out to the sitting room where I left my sister sleeping last night, I was shocked to see that she was still there asleep. I was worried now. It had been 20 hours at least, and I just thought that that couldn't be good. I started to pet her head and whisper in her ear gently, Wakey up, buttercup, eat the stew before Drew, which is an old saying our mom taught us when we were kids and has stuck with us for years now. We asked mom who Drew is and why we need to eat the stew before him, but she always just told us to ask our father if we ever meet him. My sister still wouldn't wake up. I started shaking her gently, nothing. I was getting very worried now. I had seen unconscious animals more times than I could count in my clinic sessions, but seeing your own sister like this was worrisome, to say the least. Finally, I shook her quite hard. Her eyelids shot open, and I swear I saw in her eyes a reflection. It was just for an instant, and I could explain it away as simply my reflection staring back at me in her wet and tired eye. No, it, it was something else. I could see her. It was her face looking at me, reflecting in her own eyes. As long as it took me to run through the scenarios in which I could be making this all up in my head, the reflection was gone. I ran through everything. We do look similar. Her hair is a little more bronzy than mine, but our strong brunette curls run in the family. Her face is a tad puffier than mine, her eyes a little paler blue, her neck not quite as toned, but overall we look similar enough. It could be my reflection, a weird play of light hitting just right, my own mental health and all around tired state. 
before I could even react to anything at all, she hopped up from the couch and grabbed my arm. Are you ready for your surprise? She seemed so normal. Her bubbly, almost over-the-top, joyous attitude seeping from the tired cracks that were seemingly gone now. I was just happy to see her up and energized, the small fright I just had vanishing as quickly as she pulled me out the door. We went for coffee, did a few TikToks in a crowded store, got lunch, and finally she took me to her hotel. It was in a... well, I'll just say it, it was in a bad part of town. I was shocked when the driver pulled to a stop outside the building. I thought we were just driving through as a shortcut or that he had the wrong address, but no. My sister, without missing a beat, jumped out of the car and looked back through the window. I'll just be a second. I waited in that car for 20 minutes. The driver and I sat silently because I asked him to turn his music off as we waited for her to waltz back down to the car. I texted her a few times. Hurry, the driver is staring at me weird, and hurry up, I think he's going to make a move, or hurry, the driver just sat on my face, but she didn't respond. I got out of the car and closed the door behind me. I turned to the driver and asked him to wait five minutes as I ran up to get her. He nodded his head yes, I told him not to speak to me directly, and rolled his window up. I looked around the street, dirty, disgusting, scary even during the day. I walked into the hotel and realized in great horror that it was actually a hostel. My sister had been sleeping in a room with other strangers? People get killed in these places. Hadn't she seen the movies about it? I should note she probably had not because of her moral and religious code. I saw it when I first got to college and my friend Tim asked me to his dorm. He tried to kiss me, but I couldn't stop watching the movie, and also I was not ready to commit to a kissing during movies relationship. By now you know I had much bigger ambitions. My studies and my booty. Remember, I'm very hot. I walked down the hallway, realizing I had no idea what floor she was on, let alone what room. There was a strange, wet substance on the floor, a trail leading to the elevator. For some reason I felt drawn to follow that trail, as if it was left for me. It looked like squid ink or some other secretion from a cephalopod. I've seen this substance before, or so I thought. I got in the elevator and saw that the ink stopped there. The trail entered the elevator, up to the farthest wall from the door, and then stopped. I deduced there was nowhere else for it to go. I looked at the buttons and saw none of the numbers for the floors lit up except one. Floor six. I sighed and hit it, thinking again that I was called through some order of power higher than my own to follow this trail of out-of-order lights and squid ink adjacent substance squirts. The elevator groaned to life, sounding like a wincing brown bear as it falls to its back in pain or ecstasy, situation depending. The doors slid shut, much too slow for my liking. The ground beneath me jumped and then skittered, then slowly assumed a steady ascent. My stomach turned over as each floor passed me by, 
different smells and sounds from each rending a hole in my gut like an armadillo's burrow as far as 15 feet deep into my soul. Finally, the elevator moaned and croaked to a stop, a cowkey frog warding off impending doom. Excuse all these metaphors and similes, I just can't turn off this part of my brain. The part that thinks in terms of animals, in terms of life and survival, in terms of what it means to be alive. The doors opened to the sixth floor, and as soon as they did, I spat. Not like a llama, more like any other mammal when confronted with dread, anxiety, or poison. I wiped the spew from my lip and felt the tenderness in my abs, the kind you can only really feel after a good vomit. I resisted the urge to catalog my trip down the hall to TikTok, as I didn't want anyone to know my sister was either stupid enough or poor enough to be staying at a place like this. I did really want to see how my abs looked, though. The hall looked less scary through the lens of my camera phone. I still didn't know where my sister was, what room, was she even on this floor? I looked to the floor again and saw the trail of ink. It was shimmering under the light of my camera. It looked less and less like any animal substance I had seen before. I now noticed a tinge of blue, almost a varicose vein of tenderly liquid slipping its way down the gross and disgusting carpet. It finally met up with a door. Room six, six, five. I looked to the door across the hall from it. Room six, six, six. I shuddered. Sister? Hoopa loopa, I called out uneasy, barely audible in fact. It took everything in me to open the door to room 665, but again I felt a deep call to do so. My sister could be in there. Let me describe this room because you have to know the layout before I can even tell you what happened. It is vitally important to your understanding of the rest of my story from here. Once you enter the room, there is a short hallway to a larger open space. In this space are four beds, two on top of two. Bunk or lofted beds, I guess you could say. In between each set of beds is a desk. Each desk has a lamp. Each lamp has a green lampshade. On each of the four walls of the room is a poster of a famous movie. I can't say what movies, and honestly, I don't think it really matters, but it was strange to me that there were posters for movies. One of them was for a Martin Scorsese movie, but the eyes of the character were all gouged out. Also, each bed had a pillow. Every second bed had two pillows, and those pillows had a yellowish-green cover. Except... one bed. One bed only had one. The other covers were white. There was a door to the left of the rightmost bed set, next to one of the desks that led to a shared bathroom. Hopefully I made this all as clear as I can see it in my head, because it will need to be for you to even get close to imagining what happened next. I went through the bathroom door to that shared bathroom I mentioned. It was completely dark inside. I flipped the light switch, but nothing happened. Well, the fan turned on, but no lights. I couldn't find another light switch, so I assumed it was just the one and that it would turn on both the fan and the light if it worked properly, but in this case, it didn't. 
I pulled up the flashlight on my phone and shone it through the room. Sink, toilet, shower. Behind the shower curtain, I could see a shadow, or more accurately, a silhouette. It was a little shorter than me. Not quite as curvaceous, and just being honest, slightly more rotund. It was my sister. I could tell that shape anywhere. I said her name, but she just stood there. I moved closer to the curtain, slowly reaching for it to open it. I was stealing myself for whatever prank she was about to pull, jumping at me or screaming or... A bat flew out of the shower, right as soon as I opened the curtain. There was no sister, no average looking woman, no nothing, except a calamitous, chittering Chiraptera. Its wings were huge, suggesting a Pteropodidae, a megabat, but I still couldn't completely make it out as it slashed through the air and squelched and screamed. I made chittering noises with my mouth to mimic a typical Chiroptera call for calm to no use. It flew through the door and out to the open space. I carefully followed and watched as it did the most curious thing. It flew quickly to each yellowish-green pillow on each bed and left droppings, or guano. It was fertilizing the beds on which my sister and three other strangers rested their heads. My phone started buzzing and I looked at it. My sister was calling. I fumbled the phone trying to answer. Finally I did and said, what is going on? Where are you? And she calmly and joyously and annoyingly said, I'm down in the car. Where are you? I looked up at the bat. It was gone. I walked back in the bathroom and flipped on the light switch. It worked. The bathroom was disgusting. But it was just a bathroom. Hello? Hello? My phone was crying out. I held it back up to my ear. Come on, let's go back to your place. I have your surprise waiting in the car. I didn't know what to say. I blinked and rubbed my eyes, trying to scrub the surreal sight I just witnessed from my brain. Uh, okay, fine. I'll be there in a sec. I walked back down the hallway as fast as I could. I just wanted to get out of there. I didn't look back, but I could hear doors opening. People looking at me? Was everyone in this place in on some weird bat ritual? The hallway felt longer than a football field now. By the way, I really love football. I always watch games with my guy friends on the weekends when I'm not at the gym. I took out my phone and started acting like I was doing a TikTok update. I then figured I might as well do a TikTok update, hashtag scary talk is huge. In the front facing camera view, I saw everyone behind me who was staying on that floor, looking out of their doors at me as I walked the longest walk since Billy Lynn's at halftime. Look it up. I finally got to the elevator and hit the button. I continued looking at my phone and updating my followers. I flipped the camera view and looked down the hall. I gasped when I saw everyone was walking towards me. I hit the button on the elevator a bunch more, the door closed button, everything to escape the impending mob of ritualistic bat fanatics. The doors shut just as one guy was reaching his hand out. I didn't know if he was reaching to grab me or to ask for some sort of offering. All I know is I was happy to leave. 
the elevator screeched to a stop at the first floor and the doors took their time swinging open. I was greeted with a mob of more dwellers, but they left an open path. They just huddled in tightly, stuck to the side of the wall so that one body could fit through. Mine. I should say probably two bodies of my size could have fit through, maybe three on one of my fasting days. I slowly walked out of the elevator, my cocoon of safety, or so it felt like for that two-minute ride from floor six to floor one. I only glanced slightly out of the corner of my eyes at their faces as I passed, like I would walking down the street in a bad neighborhood. I didn't see much, but I could tell that something was off about their eyes. The irises were paler than they should have been. The whites of their eyes were... They were pink, bloodshot and pink. One of them smiled at me and I could just barely see two front teeth about an inch apart from each other, chiseled down to what looked like fangs. I moved a little quicker, no stranger to escaping leering glances and seemingly predatory smiles. I think my time as a beautiful, intelligent and confident co-ed was a sort of ethereal alignment of destiny for this situation. I flashed just enough of a grin to make them not feel like they'd been admonished for looking, but not enough to make them think I was entertaining their approach. I finally reached the doorway and ran the last few steps out to the car where my sister was sitting in wait, completely normal. What took you so long? You're gonna have to pay this guy a billion dollars for waiting so long. I was dumbfounded, but I got in the car and the driver took off back to my apartment. I just stared blankly ahead, I could only think of what I had seen. I heard vague snippets of what my sister was saying. Something about wanting to go full keto, something about an IKEA hack from hashtag IKEA talk, something about not having seen her boyfriend for six months and wondering where he is. We finally got back to my building and when I tried to get up my legs barely worked. I felt like I had been hit by a train or kicked by a macropodidae, or as you might call it, a kangaroo. My sister helped me out of the car and walked me to the door. I begged her to come stay with me for the rest of her trip. I told her something was wrong with that place she was staying. She looked me in the eyes and said, We'll be staying together soon. I glimpsed again the reflection of her own image in her eyes. I couldn't speak anymore. I grabbed the door to my apartment building and held on tight as I opened it. I began to fall again and my sister laughed. Oh, come on, I'll help you up. When we finally arrived at my apartment, she helped me open the door and brought me in to the couch where I collapsed immediately. Everything was hazy, like a fog was encroaching in the middle of my vision, a vignette of blur that was slowly overtaking my view. The last thing I remember was my sister staring down at me, smiling a huge grin, but I could see something seeping from her eye. Was it black? No, but it was shiny. A glimmering tear rolled down her cheek. Then a sort of yellowish-green color took over my almost entirely fogged vision as I could feel my breath shorten and shorten more. I. I couldn't struggle though, I had been too out of it. Something smelled really bad, I do know that, and I could hear something, like leather, big leather sheets flapping in the wind. 
on the most windy day you could imagine. Flap, flap, flap. When I woke up the next morning, I felt completely normal, well rested even. But I looked at myself in the mirror as I always did first thing and I didn't really feel like myself. Then I heard a flapping leather sound again, coming from my bedroom. I forgot to mention, my apartment overlooks the campus where I go to school. It is a three-bedroom, two-bathroom on the top floor of the biggest apartment complex downtown. I got to my bedroom and the door was closed. I could hear some chittering noise. A familiar noise, to be honest. I put my ear up to the door and heard that same leather flapping sound, a high-pitched chitter, and the rush of air that could only be made by pushing and pulling the wind around you if you were to flap your big wings. If you were a bat. I tried calling my sister, but she didn't answer. I tried her a hundred times, and infinite more since. Actually, I haven't heard from her in years at this point. The last thing I saw of my sister was a note she left on the new pillow she gave me that sat on my bed. The one I finally saw when I mustered the courage to open that door to my bedroom. I've copied the note verbatim here. Hey sis, this is your new pet. I picked him up in my travels and thought of you immediately. We both took different paths, looking for answers to our questions of identity and where we belonged in this world. I focused on outreach and trying to bring the freedom of restrictive religious indoctrination to those that may have never heard of it. You focused on self-care and betterment. But what we both decided was to take care of those that can't take care of themselves. And so when I found Biffy the Longwing in a cage in a tribal community that our mission group traveled through, I knew I had to take him and set him free. So here he is, in an apartment suite with the most promising veterinarian to look after him. The community we took him from was a savage place. The people hated us and ran us out, especially after stealing their god. Yes, these people believed Biffy was their god. We tried to convince them otherwise, but they wouldn't hear it. Well, they couldn't really, we didn't speak their language and they didn't ours. Anyway, we took him in the night and they hunted us for days. They left markings around our camp, pictures of a god-sized Biffy overlooking an entire community. I didn't realize then what I would later realize. They were right. Biffy is special. If you look Biffy in the eye, he will unlock a higher form of truth within you. I did and I have been forever changed. On the back of this note is the only care instructions you will need to unlock the truth and to help Biffy with whatever he needs. See you soon. Hoopa Loopa, dream girl. I turned the note over and read, quote, Look into his eyes, accept him in, and always clean your pillow. I looked up at the bat, perched on the bed. It stared at me, I stared at it. I opened my mouth and croaked. Biffy? It cocked its head slightly and raised its wings. It levitated there in front of me, flapping periodically to maintain his altitude. I looked into his eyes and 
saw her for the last time. My sister. This has been Haunted by Proxy.